I guess we can start recording. Let's do it. All right. Welcome back to me, my parent, and Liam Neeson. Yes, it, it's parent 2.0. We're back to skeleton crew again. Well, but that's all right. We're making it work. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. And this week, we did not drive to Anoka County uh, because the movie we were going to watch became available on Amazon Prime Video. Perfect. Which is significantly less driving for us. Mm-hmm. So That's this right. week, we, are wa- we watched Next of Kin. Next of Kin, 1980... 1989. 89. Starring Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Maybe rest in peace. He got uh, Before the Line billing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Neeson got Final billing. He did. So, mm-hmm. you know, big deals going on there. Uh, there's a bit to talk about True. here. I... First, I would like it noted for the record that I made the goal of uh, making every uh, rhyme with Swayze possible. I've already gotten crazy and hazy out of the way, which means there's only two left according to the rhyming dictionary I found. I don't think we could call him lazy. No, I was, I was going to do that, but don't worry. I have a plan for the last one. Oh, golly. It's going to work out great. <laughs> we would expect nothing less. So... Because this is the only uh, Liam Neeson film that came out in 1989, means we haven't looked at the 1990 Academy Awards yet. Let's do it. So, uh, let's see here. Scrolling down. Uh, best director, uh, born on the 4th of July was that year. Yeah, I had director. small children at that time, so yep. I don't remember films from uh, However, year. best picture and best actor and, no, no, best actor was Daniel Day-Lewis for My Left Foot. Best actress and best picture... I both went to Driving Miss Daisy for oh. Swayze. Got there. <laughs> oh, but that was uh, Jessica Tandy. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also that year, Denzel Washington in Glory. Oh, that was a good film. Uh, Dead Poets Society happened. That was an interesting film. Uh, Very different from this film. Fine. Work experience. Best animated short. Best original score. Not this film. Little Mermaid. Well, yeah. Best original song, unsurprisingly, would be... Little Mermaid. Which one? That one about the Under the Sea. It is, in fact, the one called Under the Sea. Good job. (laughs) I'm not a huge Disney fan, but I can come up with major Also nominated in that category, Kiss the Girl from The Little Mermaid. They got two. Oh, dear. Uh, Best sound effects editing, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was also this year. But that wasn't the one with the snakes. That was... That was a Not different one. the one with the snakes. Uh, best art direction, Batman. Batman. Which Batman, do you ask? Batman. The Tim Burton one with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. That was a little dark. That was Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, Henry V, best costume design. <gasps> that was a good show. But of course, you yeah. can't go wrong with Shakespeare. Best visual effects, The Abyss. Oh, that's different. Oh, Back to the Future Part 2 was also this year. That did not win any major awards. Now, uh, you may notice that we're not talking much about the film because the film itself was not spectacular. It was, uh, well, but, as expected. Although, if you know, children, you need to watch films like this so that you learn how to use a telephone. Yeah. Now, there were a pile of big-name actors in this one. But this was before they were big-name actors. In fact, I have looked things up. First on our docket is... Patrick Swayze? Mr. Patrick Swayze. And I thought, oh. Well, he did Dirty Dancing before this. His, the thing that I would call, like, it looked like a big deal, because he was in some things. His first 
movie was in 1979 called Skate Town USA. Okay. I believe he was not a main character in that one. The first thing where it looks like he actually did a pretty big deal was in 1985, a TV miniseries called North and South. Okay. He was in all the episodes of that. Dirty Dancing was 1987. Yeah. This movie was 1989. So it was close on the heels yep. of that. Because that was, that was a very successful film. Yep. Now, do you remember when Roadhouse was? I don't remember that film. That's uh, There's a lot of kicking in that one. Okay. It's, I, as I understand it, the plot of that one is not strong either. It's the plot of that kicking. one is kicking? It's mostly kicking. Oh. 1989. He was busy man. Ghost, 1990. Point Break, 1991. Oh. This was his era. This was totally He had a couple time. of years, and he went hard for those couple of years. And he, I mean, he kept doing Good things. Good for him. He was in Donnie Darko in 2001. That was a mm-hmm. that was a pretty big deal. Uh, he was in Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. As the dance class instructor. <laughs> so, Perfect. you know, kind of had to do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his, he was in a TV series in 2009 and a film in 2009. And then he passed mm-hmm. in 2009. 51 films or TV shows he was in. Wow. Not a very big career, actually. Well, but he didn't live to be an ancient man. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up on our Who Are These People? Adam Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Who we recognize from Grandpa's writings about? No, just uh, stop that. <laughs> yeah, he was. I I remember him most from Firefly and Serenity. Right. Uh, he played their security officer. Basically, he got his start uh, in 1980. His first thing, though, I would say his first major thing would be Full Metal Jacket. Oh yeah. In 1987. Sure. Uh, he was in Predator in 1990. He was in. He's been in a lot of things. He's not. Mm-hmm. He never had the like. Star a breakout. Power. He never thing. had the star power of Swayze, but he's just been in a lot of stuff. He's a working actor. He's been in, according to this, scroll, 122 things. Yeah. And still going. He was in two things in 2019 already. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's a, a busy working yeah. actor. I, going down the list, and this one I'm going to show you a picture because I want you to understand. Okay, that Look, does not work for the podcast. Honey. Yeah, but I want but I want you to see what I'm talking about so that when I talk about it. Look at that guy in the how, middle. How about the people at home? Look at the guy in the middle. Just a minute, I'm going to use my bifocals. This guy in the middle has a significant amount of makeup on. Yep. It looks like he's at a comic con. So I I'm thought, going to describe this for the yep. people at home. This is, he looks like he's got uh, some kind of leather... Um, the very stylized, I'm trying to think of what kind of a, a time frame we'll talk about this, like his leather coat and, and, and gauntlets on his arms and, and full, uh, it's a, uh, a very beautiful tawny brown color. And he's wearing a full mask of makeup, almost like he would be an alien from Firefly. So I will say that is Papa John mm-hmm. and what she's describing is, is his IMDb splash picture in that if you see this, you immediately recognize the actor. No. That's the point. That's what these splash pictures are sure. for. And I thought, wait, hold on. Who is this guy? But what, what does he film do? is that from? Oh, no, it's not from a film. It's from a comic con? It's from Babylon 5. Oh. He was, he was an extra? No. he would, In Babylon 5, there are five people on your splash picture. Four of them are humans. One of them is this guy. Okay, okay. He was also in The Fugitive. He's been around. He's, He's been also around. working at... I mean, I yep. mean, these people were He was a working actor until 2006. Oh, he passed? Pa- mm-hmm. But he's also been in a lot of things. Uh, 
Continuing to scroll down the list, we recognized Bill Paxton. Mm -hmm. We've seen in a lot of things. Uh, Michael J. Pollard, who Mom recognized as being from the movie Roxanne, Mm -hmm. which we like. And then famous thespian Benjamin Stiller. That's true. He was really young. You may recall previously the famed thespian James Carey. (laughs) He was actually listed as Ben Stiller in this one, not Benjamin Stiller. That's Mm -hmm. me being silly. But I thought, huh, when did Ben Stiller get his start? Well, when he was born, because his parents were Stiller and and Mira. Yeah. His first appearance was as an extra in the TV show Kate and Allie in 1986. That's his first credited thing. Huh. He he played, you know, an extra here, what I believe to be a small part in this film. The first thing that looks like it's of any kind of note for him is Next of Kin. He's been in things before, but this is the first one where just looking at the picture, mm-hmm. it appears to be a, th- a real like his like, first, a real thing. Like this his is first role. There's a yeah. film called That's Adequate, and it looks like it was put together in Microsoft Word, and it's got <laughs> a young Bruce Willis on the front. And I could have done this myself. Yeah, but okay. that was when he got his start. Wow! Really? Um. Helen Hunt, is she on your list? Helen Hunt was not, but I can pull her up real quick because... We're she in... looks so... Well, all of these people yeah. look so young in this film. So she's been in... Well, I mean, she's like, pay it things. forward. I mean, yeah. a lot of things that are... As good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Twister, Mad About You. She was, she was, uh, I believe, the wife in Castaway. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Yeah. She's been, she was in, she's been in three things so far in 2019. Right. She's... Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. No. Okay, you have to tell us. We cannot see your phone. So, you know how she was in Mad About You? Yes. You know how they're making Mad About You again? And it's really Mad About You? It's just called Mad About You. Right. I didn't know they were reprising it. Yeah. And she's in it again as the same character. Oh, that's pretty silly. (laughs) So, neat, I guess. But, yeah, she's been So, how many things... What was she in before this? Before this? Uh how, How Breakout was her star... Not all photos, He's all thinking. filmography. Uh, as good as she's been in 105 things. Scroll 93, 92, 91. Did she act as she a child? I uh, Frog Prince, Trancers, City of Lost Angels. Wow. Project X with Matthew Broderick. Oh, wow. The Greatest Adventure Stories from the Bible as Mary. Animated thing. She did a lot of voice work before, actually. Hmm. Uh, she was in the film Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Wow. Uh, Mork and Mindy slash Laverne and Shirley slash Fawn's Hour, an animated thing. Oh, dear. She was additional voices. Uh, I She must have gotten a start as a child actress. Mm-hmm. Because uh, 1973. Wow. Uh, but she did a lot of voice work. Uh, she was in an episode of Captain Planet. She has a rather distinctive voice. I could see yeah. why that would work. But yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff too. Yeah. There's a lot of... This This film, for the quality of the film... True. There were a lot of major people in this film. But they weren't, who, they weren't necessarily they weren't major necessarily at the time. They weren't necessarily major at the time. There was, I don't think any of these people besides Swayze... He was the box office draw for this film. reasonably uh, pull their own way. Le- Neeson was still not quite there yet. In, well, eight, in 89, he wasn't well, to Schindler's List yet. That was 93. True. He was he was still more known as a stage actor than a film actor, or as an Irish actor, or as an Irish actor. And, this, and in this he, film, he is not an Irishman. Guess what? 
he doesn't have an Irish accent in this film. So let's actually talk a bit about the film, and I will get back to because you had asked a question about all these. I looked that up too. We'll get to that later. <laughs> well, the first thing is the zero to Nissan. It takes a little while. It takes a while. We didn't look at the exact time, but I would eyeball it around fifteen minutes mm-hmm. because we first have to figure out that Patrick Swayze is an Appalachian man living in Chicago. Well, I don't know if it's Appalachia, but it's definitely he's from the hills of Kentucky. He's from the hills of Kentucky, and you can tell because he has an accent, it's, and it's not great. No, you can tell that the people who are from that area that are, you know, also in the film, mm-hmm. their accents are fine, because their accents are probably accurate. And then you get the big-name actors who are like, sound like you're from Kentucky, and they can't. Well, they, I think they... They tried, but they tried. you also have to be careful because sometimes you get into hill country and sometimes the, the the accents are so thick that it's really difficult to understand. Now, if we will through cast our minds back to the movie Nell, mm. which had a which the entire plot of the movie was backwards accents are difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see him in Chicago being an empathetic streetwise cop, which is good. It establishes character, right? He, it also establishes that he is surrounded by amoral idiots. Well, no, that they're just, they're cops with a Cops grudge. with a grudge. And like, we're gonna, you know, this is our guy. We're gonna backhand him because he's our prisoner now. And we're in the 80s, so we can yeah, do that. And we can, whatever. we can say all kinds of racist yeah. things and go. This then gets juxtaposed quite quickly by uh, Adam Baldwin being introduced to Ben Stiller as the newest member of the Completely legitimate and not a crime family. <laughs> family business. Family business. It's a crime business. Wait, shh. Shh. It's a crime business. Children. I mean, if you look at how he's dressed, which the podcast people cannot see because they did not see the movie. Not yet, but they're going to run right out and he rent He is it. the cleanest man in Chicago. They are so clean They're so clean. And he speaks with in the arrogance of a man who is secure in his position. And someone who make, who sells vending machines does not sound like this. Well, because it's a front company. Because <laughs> it's a front. So, uh, pretty quickly on in the movie, Patrick Swayze's brother, Bill Paxton, <laughs> is shot for nefarious reasons. Well, for being a hillbilly. For being a hillbilly and trying to... Was he, was he trying to make off with the vending machine? No, 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 no. They were sent to go retrieve a vending machine. Yeah. And I think this was this was supposed to be teach the new guy the ropes of the business. Ah, uh, and they just... And then it went too far because all they were supposed to do is rough him up and, and scare him. But he ran down all of the racial slurs to shorthand that he was a bad guy mm-hmm. and said hillbillies are the worst and shot him. Yeah. Which then made Patrick Swayze almost make his lip quiver a little bit because he is an action hero and action heroes do not cry. <laughs> I, I think he was crying because he knew that this was going to then involve the older brother. It was because the, he, uh, they take a train back home to Kentucky and... For the funeral. For the funeral. And there we meet... The older brother. Briar Gates. The big brother. The big brother. And he's big, the big brother because he's Liam Neeson. Because he's... The tallest man in Kentucky. <laughs> and he has the worst accent. It's... It's 
I was more, I believed more when Cameron Diaz had her bad Irish accent <laughs> in Gangs of New York. It was Gangs of New York? Which Was she in that one? She was in Gangs of New York. Yes? Yes. That's she was she in was that in one. She was in Shrek. She was definitely in Gangs of New York because she and Daniel Day-Lewis totally got it on. Anyways. We digress. You didn't watch that one. You weren't here for that one. I, that, I was, was the, that was when I thought there was only one Scorsese movie and then I tricked you and made you watch one anyway. Uh, I believed her Irish accent more than Liam Neeson's southern accent in this film. It was, it was early in his career and the concept of strong language coaches for films... We was, don't know. I do not believe was prevalent yet. Maybe they did coach him really hard. Now, Maybe I, that this was all Scorsese the accents they wanted. definitely did for mm-hmm. Gangs of New York because there was uh, significant press about that. But he's Martin Scorsese and he can do that. That was a much bigger budget, yes. I would assume. This one, they probably just had them spend some time in Kentucky and try and pick up the accent. I well, and they, I, I do believe that they made the accent to be somewhat understandable for general audiences as well. We did turn on subtitles. We did, because every once in a while we thought we were probably missing a word here and there. Yeah. So what happens is Patrick Swayze is a cop in Chicago, and so he was going to make sure that we find proof of who did it. And right. then we are so going it's to bring a clean them arrest. Yes. And Liam Neeson says, but guns. No, it, this has to do with a, the whole community where they are yes. from has a pact. They've basically that, banded together that... This is if, their religion. If someone kills one of us, we kill them back. That's As a the community, way things are done in this community. A life for a life. This Amen. Is, this is... And they have a book where they write down all the killings. Mm-hmm. And they keep it recorded as if it were in a big Bible. It's it's not labeled a Bible, but it's thick like a big leather yeah. Bible. This is probably centuries worth at this point with how big the book is. That's a really long time. But this puts the brothers at odds with each other because Patrick Swayze no longer feels mm-hmm. this desire to get revenge in this manner. He still wants to find the guy that did it, but not... Not in the just, familial just revenge. Just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And he so, wants to do it the correct way. So something, something. We finally get to the peril. It I think takes it was a while. I think it, the the peril started when when uh, the older brother comes to Chicago, and then yeah. we know that the the younger brother is going to come after him. Yes, we know at some point they're going to have to have a fight, <laughs> and it will happen. Though first we have to go through. The first bit of action with Liam Neeson is he storms the front company with guns, threatens them, shoots all their pinball machines. Wait, he first he shot the Chinese food. That's true. He did shoot the Chinese food as well. And the pinball hates... machines, these vintage pinball machines they got They were vintage blown up. back then, I think. They were... These... I don't know, maybe in the 80s? Vintage. Maybe they were modern back then, but still. Good mm-hmm. quality pinball machines, and they had a lot of them. I think they had a Pac-Man machine down there. They did. It was pretty groovy. And so he leaves, and now the front company people who are not front company people, they are murder people, <laughs> are going to go find him and murder him. So they go to his uh, the place that he's renting, this hole-in-the-wall apartment next to the L, because it's mm-hmm. in Chicago. And they are the most inept goobs I have ever seen in a serious film. Because I've seen comedies with inept goobs try to stop a man. I do not count this scene as peril for Liam Neeson. <laughs> 
But Liam Neeson is so big and they're so small. He not only easily evades and fools them, he casually sits (laughs) on top of the L, hugging his knees like he's just waiting to get somewhere, like he's an actual commuter. (laughs) While these guys chase after him in a car and accidentally lock their keys inside the train. It was... This movie did not bill itself as a comedy. It did not, and I don't think it was. I think it was, at times. There were, there were funny bits. Mm-hmm. True. The problem is the funny bits were centered around a movie that was supposed to be a, like, family-is-family family drama. Mm-hmm. And they did not mesh well. They were just relying on Patrick, Patrick Swayze's face. The inept goobs and with his, a banana and in the red box. And his shirtless body. Yes, which we saw a few times. Mm-hmm. I... Thankfully, we get right into actual peril because mm-hmm. the prophesied scene, <laughs> as foretold in, you know, the big book of punching people, occurs because... Yeah. The, the brothers will fight. The brothers will fight, and then they do. Which, this this is the kind of comedy that I'm okay with in the action movie. Yeah. Where they start fighting in this bar. They, they are handcuffed to each other because the cop brother is going to take the renegade brother in. So he handcuffs them, and then they start punching. And the bartender pulls out his phone and he puts it on the counter because that's what you have to do. You can't just take it off the wall. Okay, kids, this is not a cell phone. No. This is an old school phone with the receiver where the receiver is connected to the body of the phone with a cord. Yep. Okay, go ahead, Dan. I want you to imagine something about the size of a football, but you just sit it on the counter. In fact, you can get phones that are shaped like footballs. Uh, And he picks up the phone. The receiver of the the phone. He doesn't pick up the entire phone. He just picks up the receiver so he can talk into it. And he starts dialing on the... On was it a rotary dial? And no, I think it was a button. Push button. It, he barely gets into the dialing. And the person who's closest to him at the bar reaches over and pushes. There's a little button where... It's a spring-loaded... spring-loaded button that's... When you put the receiver down... It, it ends the call. It ends the call. This is why phone call... This is why when you end a phone call, it's called hanging up. Because you hang the receiver up on the phone. The cradle. On the cradle. And this guy just reaches over and... Ends the phone call. Depresses the button. Yeah, pushes the button to end the call and goes back to watching the fight. There's nothing said. He has this slight amused smirk on his face the entire time. Very but, calm. I think, was it during this bar fight or another one where then customers that were seated at the bar, they reached over the bar and filled up their glasses that was a, that with was the tap. Next, that was the next time around. But there were those little... Yep. Kind of like Easter egg yep. things. And those to find. were, that's the correct amount of comedy for mm-hmm. a serious drama movie. Right. You can have comedy, and in fact, you should. It shouldn't be wall to wall drama. Yeah. You should have false staff in your movie. <laughs> but three inept goobs is too much comedy all at once. It yeah. takes you out of the drama. Right. Well, and then it makes us believe that they're not a formidable yeah. foe. Yeah. We want to have, you want to have Bruce Willis have to fight through 20 good henchmen in Die Hard, not one Hans Gruber and 19 idiots. Because that's not interesting. Right. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel fair. It's it's not a, a, it's the victory is not as big. Yes, you have to mow through the henchmen. Right. But you don't give the henchmen character unless they're going to be useful. True. So, uh, he gets him in lockup. Eventually. Liam Neeson. He gets Liam Neeson in lockup. But then... Take, gets him out of lockup because they're going to work together. Because that's ta- what brothers do. And they talked about the times that they've worked together in the past, and they're going to work together. And they start getting good legal information. And then Patrick Swayze takes off. 
the next day to go to go figure it out on his own because he doesn't trust his brother to not take to not fly off. off the handle. Yeah, which then makes his brother fly off the handle, thus precipitating the rest of the film. Yes, and the rest of the peril, unfortunately, because this is when we get to the bar fight where he gets his stuff and the people reach over the counter. Oh yeah, because he's got the rest of his guns and stuff. Well, he he borrows a gun from. He somebody. borrows a gun. Yes, mm-hmm. borrows and a, and a brick of ammo. A, an entire brick. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the front company and starts uh, firing people. <laughs> As with, twer. with guns. <laughs> I I went on a mild tirade at this point about the poor quality of their fake gunshot holes in things. Oh my goodness. He fires a shotgun at the door. From, okay, so, so people say, who don't understand guns... A shotgun shoots little shots, little yep. tiny pieces. Little shot. It's not one bullet. It's Generally, lots of you can projectiles. fire slugs out of shotguns, mm-hmm. and it's, I believe, mildly inaccurate, but it's mm-hmm. a huge chunk of stuff. Mm-hmm. Shotguns have the big have a big spray because what you're going for is you want to hit the thing. Generally, you use shotguns because you want to hit a soft thing from very far away. Mm-hmm. Or you want to hit a tough thing from very up close. Mm-hmm. But it's lots of little projectiles. It's lots of little projectiles. So if you're shooting, say, a duck, which is very soft, mm-hmm. you only need to hit it with one, so you fire a lot of them. Mm-hmm. If you want to shoot, say, a large Russian man, you shoot a lot of bullets at him very quickly. Mm-hmm. So you shoot him up close. He fires his shotgun from, I want to say, 8, 10 feet? Max. A max, at a door. And the hole it leaves is three large holes in a three-inch circle, which is what would happen if someone who is well-trained with a pistol aimed at the door. Three, and, and shot, shot three, three times. times. It's not what a shotgun would do. I'm upset. <laughs> well, we, there, we had a few things in this film where we just thought they really needed to do a little bit more to bring the accuracy up. And in 89, people probably weren't dissecting movies like this. I bet you Ebert and Rover were not analyzing the squib patterns of the shotguns. No, but they would have had other issues. They, oh, they would have had other issues with this movie. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the part where the peril reaches its climax for Liam Neeson because he He's gets done. shot lots of times by Adam Baldwin and is Sir not appearing in this film anymore. That's right. He's done. I, this, of course, to finish up the actual plot, is when Patrick Swayze remembers that he's from Kentucky, where they have the murder Bible, and how the murder Bible works. So he quits the force and prepares to archery murder all of the bad guys, which he does quite successfully. So it's it it wraps up and the, neatly, and, as it were. And the snake school bus shows up. Because we need that. The snake school bus is another fine bit of goof. Because the rest of the guy, the rest of that group, were pretty serious. They mm-hmm. had the one goof, right? Not three goofs. Yeah. Well, I think it maybe it was a magic yeah. school bus. Now, I'm teased, Mom, a little bit with. Did you recognize someone singing? Because the soundtrack was released. It's uh, by the way, according to Wikipedia, out of print and considered highly sought after. What this film? No, the soundtrack for it. Okay. Highly sought after collector's item, usually priced fairly high on many online stores. So the it's song. It's because Patrick Swayze has passed away. It's because Patrick Swayze's passed away. The same thing happened uh, with basically, well, Whitney, well, Whitney we basically had a double gold rush at Best Buy for Whitney Houston and Patrick Swayze for Ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a song that plays at After Briar Dies, and 
I the apartment manager calls home because he was informed if something happens to me call my next of kin so as he's calling home there's this song playing in the background about brother to brother father to son and it plays again over the credits well not the first song over the credits because no, that was bad the first song over the, it was the only song that played over the credits the the end credits not the oh. beginning credits and I said, do you recognize this singer? And mom said, no. And so, so, I said it sounds like the 80s. It did sound like the 80s. So I will ask you, riddle me this. Name me some brothers what do the singing. Like the Jackson 5? That would sound like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would sound like that. Oh, I don't know. I'm now think, All I can think of is Michael Jackson, so I'm really on the well, track. Well, there's a female in it, and her name is Laurie Yates. There's a man in it, and his name is Greg Allman. Oh, like the of- the of Al- the Allman Brothers. Oh, from the, and they're from the South. Yep. And it is, in fact, yeah. one of the Allman Brothers. Huh. Uh, there's a couple other, like, very, very Appalachian songs on this soundtrack. Right. There's also a song called Brothers, sung by Larry Gatlin and Patrick Swayze. <laughs> huh. So, oh yeah. And, and I promised, I said, I looked up Aldi. Oh, because, because this, is, brought- this is 1980s where... If you could do product placement in a movie, it's really obvious. And there was one point where the the uh, exterior sign for an Aldi grocery store is really prominent in the shot. It's a very gray shot, and then here's the orange of Aldi. I didn't know that there was that store in 1989. So I, the Albrechts, I had their store in Germany. Right. Uh, it's split into two companies and financially and legally separate since 1966 over an argument of whether they should sell cigarettes. There are two Aldis. Huh. Aldi Nord and Aldi Sud. Huh. In their first store in the Netherlands in 1973. Their first store in the U.S. in Iowa in 1976. And in 1979, Aldi Nord acquired Trader Joe's. Yeah, I knew that. I did know that. Wow. So they were they had been around for about 15 years. Huh. Well, there we go. Learning something new every day. Totally learning something. Uh, tune in next week when we finally do the big one. We're going to do the big one. We are recording on a delay. So for us, uh, right now, next week is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. For you, it'll be a couple weeks after. It'll probably mm-hmm. be when I'm starting uh, Christmas break from school mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. But assuming everything goes according to schedule, you will have special guests and we will be doing Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. And it is a long movie. Yeah, but we're going to have really fun food. So we're going to have fun food, and we probably will not even need alcoholic beverages for that one. No, no, no. No, no, no that's going to be a good it's, one. It's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward but to now it. Now i got to get moving, and i got to start update uploading. So we're done. Bye. Bye.